Welcome to the Families of Fintech podcast series. We aim to tell the real journeys the people of fintech have embarked on when starting or further growing their families. Today in the world of fintech, more and more companies are realizing how important a people-first attitude is, and this is a previously unexplored avenue of that. We are here to learn how we can better support our people and to share great ideas. So welcome Barbara Yuhasova, the Global Digital Marketing Lead at SAP Pioneer. SAP Pioneer provide best-in-class software solutions for banks and insurance businesses. And Barbara is here today to share her story. Barbara, I'm super happy to have you with us here today. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. I'm so happy to be here as an avid listener of the podcast. Uh, I feel like I'm my fan and dreams are coming true by, by being here. <laughs> I'm super happy that you're here. And this is such an important topic that I know we can, uh, me and you, we can talk a lot about. So before we go into it, tell us a bit more about SAP Pioneer itself. So SAP Pioneer, we are a very interesting company. We have been formed one year ago, yet already count 1,000 people today. We are a joint venture created by SAP together with an investment firm called Dedic, um, because SAP has realized that in order to truly serve the needs of financial services, they need to pay a bit more attention and need a different kind of company to serve them much better. And this is how SAP Pioneer was born. And we provide software, as you mentioned as well, software solutions for banks and insurance companies. And we partner with them very closely to provide the future-proof software they need to keep up with the competition today. I love that. It's super exciting. And like the way you explain it, you know, keeping up with the competition, the fast growth. Um, tell us a bit more about your role and what that actually means. So I'm the global digital marketing lead at here at SAP Pioneer. So this means that I'm taking care of most of our digital presence. For example, the website, con- online content, social media, email marketing, so pretty much whatever communication you are able to get digitally is some shape or form is going through my hands, which is a very, very exciting role. It's a global role, meaning that I'm supporting all the corners of the world. So from uh, from Sydney to Toronto, we have uh, lots of, I think, 14 global offices. So <laughs> I'm uh, helping out in every corner of the world. So that's very, very exciting. And great to hear, because I think, you know, when uh, when people see the word global, they don't realize, well, actually, that's 14 different different parts of the globe that you're interacting with day in, day out. Now, this series itself, the Families of Fintech, um, it's something that was created at a very uh, important time in my life when I was pregnant. I know you feel this series has been very important to you as well. So I just wanted you to share some of that with us. So my story very briefly is that I have a 10-month-old son. So after being a few years in fintech, I, I mean, I love loved the industry, but I wanted to grow my family as well. I got my son. son was born last, last year. That didn't really doubt my passion for the industry. And I felt like when I became a mother that I kind of fell into this universe where I was a mom, and I, but I couldn't really relate to all the other moms who were, who were much more focused on the family, which I'm not saying I'm not, but it, was, it wasn't something that was fulfilling for me 100%, I would say. And I was still very much passionate about my work and, and the world of fintech, but I felt like my responsibilities as a, as a mom and, and motherhood and having a family 
I felt like I couldn't really say that I'm 100% focused on fintech either. So I found myself in this middle universe where, where I have two competing responsibilities and two competing ones of being wanting to be a, a great mom and a, and, a pre, and a present parent. And at the same time, fulfilling my dreams in my career and being present in the industry and kind of seeing where financial services are developing. And I think the podcast for me was kind of a companion to know that that I'm not the only one who is in these shoes, who, who remains professional ambitions even after becoming a parent. So yeah, I think that's pretty much how I came to it. And I think it was a great solace when I felt that uh, that I don't really belong on, on any side, on, on the on the mom side or on the fintech professional ambitious career side. And thank you so much for sharing that because you're coming from such, you know, that's personal experience, that's personal feeling. And wow, I relate to everything that you've said there. I know that you're also passionate about the support that should be given in the aftermath and the return to work. I really want you to share that with us because I think that that is such a big difference when it's got right. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot of components of, of obviously a lovely pregnancy and then going off to have a child and being on maternity leave. And I think how we approach this from a work situation can create a massive difference in this. I think companies are making strides. In the UK, there is much more awareness, but I don't think that we have kind of reached uh, reached a perfect perfect point yet with with maternity support. And I think also us as women, we tend to kind of I would say feel a little bit awkward about going off on maternity leave. You feel like you're leaving your responsibilities behind, like you are not being fully part of the team anymore or things like that. And I think we need to normalize this within ourselves as well. That this is a very natural part of uh, natural part of life, natural part of our growth as people, especially when it comes to to support. I think it is just it just needs to be handled with a lot of empathy, to and a lot of personal attention to to what people need and how they should be approached during both pregnancy and then maternity leave later on. So I'm just hoping that you know companies will grow more and more awareness in this area and will have, provide the support that's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's brilliant that you're sharing that and, you know, sharing that that perception as well. Like, you know, there is there is an awkwardness of how do I explain what I'm going to need and how do I explain support? And why is there this this feeling of, you know, letting the team down when you're making a contribution to society that that can't be made elsewhere? So it's really, really important that you're sharing that with us. And, and thank you again for your honesty, because this is why this this series is such an important one, because we're sharing experiences and, and also how we can get better as an industry. So what would your advice be to the fintech community on why it's so important to company culture to truly support their staff, whatever the situation may be? I think one of the key issues here is obviously diversity. Diversity is incredibly important. Having women in your company is incredibly important because most of the fintech products have an end user and that end user is a person. And this is true for B2B companies as well. We are a B2B company. We are providing software for banks, but they can't disregard the fact that that software has an end user, which is a person. So in order to design the services that are truly speaking to 100% of the population and not just the male side of it, you need to have equal contribution from men and women. So 
they need to consider that this is a natural path of life, a natural path that many people take if they are as lucky to do so and if this is what they choose to do. Supporting them means, and having having them on board means that you keep, can keep up an unprecedented diversity. And there have, I, I guess I don't need to list the, the many, many, many studies which has shown how much diversity can contribute to a company's success, to a place of work where people like to stay and be. And I also think that, to be honest, parents are very, very efficient. And mothers in particular are very, very efficient as a worker, as a source of work. You want to, you you are able to juggle five things at the same time, resolve problems really fast. Um, be very empathic towards colleagues, team members, employees. So obviously there's many, many benefits to making an environment where mothers are happy to work. Amazing and, and great bits of advice there. It takes me to my last question, which is all about when people are listening to this podcast, I think it's a great podcast for people to relate to, to be able to know that they're not alone, as you said earlier, but also for people to learn from and think, okay, what can we go and, and implement now in our business? So what would you say would be the one thing that people can do to support their staff through the family journey? So I think one of the important points is obviously maternity leave. And how how maternity leave is supported is a very important question. A question also from from a financial aspect about what is a maternity package. But I think one point that is often disregarded or not paid that much attention to is paternity leave and how much time of dads get. Because let's not forget that it takes two to become a parent. It usually is a mom and a dad, and we can't. I don't think in 2022 we should expect women to still take on the brunt of the responsibilities that come with having a child. Or at least that's my personal perspective. Me and my my husband are very, very a uh, 50-50 kind of a couple. And if that's not your not somebody else's priority, I also understand that. But that's how we approach things. And I think having paternity leave is just life-changing. Giving the opportunity for the father to to really form the same kind of connection with the child, to be able to form that understanding as parents between the mother and father, because you both exactly know the responsibilities, you both exactly know the burdens that it comes comes with being with your child 24-7. I think that creates an amount of understanding in in both a relationship and and in the parenthood that is life-changing, or at least it it, it really, I felt like it was for us. Uh, So my, just for the background, so in our maternity, paternity leave, I took four months of maternity leave and my partner took two months of paternity leave. And I could really feel like there, it made a massive difference in how we understood each other, our tasks, how we approached our careers after, and we really kind of came onto the same page. And I do think that that beyond the fact that companies can do a lot with maternity leave, they shouldn't reg- disregard paternity leave. And I think also creating a culture where you can freely take this opportunity and you're not being shunned, you're not being overlooked, you're not being, you know, it, this is not considered as a lack of ambition, motivation or interest in your professional career is the kind of environment that we need to be that we need to be kind of building towards 
And that couldn't have been said any better. I'm so, so happy with everything that you've shared there because it's relatable. We can implement it. And everything you said there around culture, that is down to every single one of us to be able to build that culture around our people. So, Barbara, thank you for being just you on this podcast. It's brilliant to be able to showcase your experience and all your lessons. So thank you for joining us on the Families of Fintech podcast series. Thank you, Nadia. It was so lovely to be here. And thank you for the opportunity for sharing my story. And uh, I look forward to connecting with all of the families of FinTech. And I hope that this story resonates with with at least a couple of people. (laughs) It definitely will. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you.